how's it going guys and welcome to the put me on podcast back for episode five from a bit of an extended break my apologies i owe you guys three episodes and you will get them hopefully all over the course of the next three weeks in addition to the weekly stuff i will be doing already you guys went a long time without hearing my voice but midterms and papers be like that sometimes so let's just use this episode as a bit of a recap Okay, we will highlight the most important records to come out so far this month. First things first, Savage Mode 2, 21 Savage, Metro Boomin, and Morgan Freeman? I don't know how they got him to narrate the album or how much it cost Epic Records, but whatever amount they paid, it was well worth it. The voice of God's presence on this album elevates it, especially in the intro and the Snitches and Rats interlude. My only real complaint with the album is that when you have Freeman, you're swinging for the fences here. And whenever Freeman puts up his best work, the song that comes after does not live up to the hype. I'm talking two songs in particular here, Running, the song after the intro, and Snitches and Rats, which follows the aforementioned interlude. It's kind of like basketball. When the ball is put right next to the rim and you just lay it in, that's serviceable. It works. But man, you could have put on a show. Those two songs, you could kind of tell that they knew they needed a hit there, but they just couldn't get it done. On the more positive side, though, my dog and brand new Draco are in heavy, heavy rotation for me. I like the way the 21 addressed the UK memes also. Uh, there's a couple of lines on my dog that address it, and there's also British soldiers in the music video. As far as brand new Draco, though, I really loved how cinematic the beat was. And the lyric, I ain't hiding from no beef, period, semicolon. First of all, that's absolutely not AP style, though I doubt anyone is going to tell 21 Savage that. Second of all, why does it still make sense to me? <laughs> I love that line. It's one of my favorite lines that I've heard on an album so far this year. And talking about beats, since I mentioned it earlier, Metro Boomin really killed every single beat he put on this album. Um, Even the ones that it's just Morgan Freeman speaking on them, they're all incredible. And it sounds the best in headphones. I just wish it was also mixed to hit in a car too. Regardless, this is one of the best rap albums to come out this year. And I would definitely recommend also giving the Chopped Up, Not Slopped Up remix album a listen as well. Moving on, you guys know I love Griselda. I've talked about Griselda a lot on this podcast. And today we're going to talk about Benny the Butcher. He continued his push to break into the mainstream with Burden of Proof, a new 12-song album solely produced by Hitboy. And I don't know if it's Griselda fatigue, but three of the last four albums released by this clique have disappointed me and that includes this one that's not to say burden of proof is bad it was good it was just good though the beats while new for benny weren't all that impressive the skits this time around were borderline annoying as i think they acted these out usually they just pull something from a popular tv show or movie in war paint the collaboration which every Griselda album has between Benny Conway and Westside Gun, it was weak. 
The issue with being as active as Griselda is as a clique is getting over sameness. I mentioned that in terms of the songs on their albums, but it also applies to their albums. It's not enough for Benny to keep putting out albums in the range of quality he usually does. He's got to raise the bar to show off he's of the caliber artist that he says he is, and this album doesn't meet that burden of proof. Benny's put out Tenet Talk 3. He's put out the plugs I met. I know how good he is. His job is to keep on proving that he's better than I think he is. And this album doesn't do that. Again, this isn't to say that this album isn't good. The intro track is good. Uh, the track that features Freddie Gibbs is good. Timeless, which features Lil Wayne and Big Sean, is good. The problem is you can take or leave the others. Benny's got to be wary of becoming complacent. He is who he is in terms of a writing perspective, but you've got to push your artistry similar to what Conway the Machine did on his new album in order to keep on growing. Similar issues were present for TDE artist Reason, whose label debut came out a little over two years after his past album, There You Have It. His label debut came out about a couple of weeks ago, and it's titled New Beginnings. In the lead-up to New Beginnings, which was the past two years, Reason put out eight singles, and those eight singles comprise pretty much every good song on the album besides I Can Make It featuring Rhapsody. That's an inherent problem before we even get into the rest of the album. I cannot stand when I listen to an album and every single good song on the album has already been released. There is no need for me to have even listened to the album if I've already got all the good songs saved to my phone because you put them out as singles. This is why you shouldn't put out eight singles. Put out three max, especially if your album's only gonna be around 14 songs. The other thing that that exposes is you don't put out eight singles unless you're having issues getting a song to go. And there's a reason for that. It's because Reason doesn't really know who he is as an artist yet. That much is clear from listening to this album. After I listen to this album, I don't know really any more about Reason than I did after listening to There You Have It, which came out three years ago. TD and Reason really have to sit down and think about how he's going to work as an artist, because I can tell you it's not what they put out here. He's not talented enough a writer to just skate by on his writing talent. His voice doesn't have enough presence to just find a flow and stick with it, kind of like a Rick Ross does. And again, when you don't have much to say, there's really no draw here. On this album, you have Reason doing what I mentioned Big Sean did on his album, which is, okay, you're taking whatever's popular in rap, and you're doing that, but you're doing it worse than the best people who do it. And what I mean by that is, there's nothing Reason does on this album that I can't go find an artist who did it better. That's an issue. You have to have a selling point that makes me come to you, and Reason doesn't have that right now. He's too talented not to, and TDE has too many good artists not to be able to figure that out for him. Whatever his next release is, it needs to have much greater direction than what we've seen on this album. I couldn't even tell you why he named it New Beginnings, or what the cover art's supposed to mean. 
it's provocative. It gets the people going, but it means nothing in relation to him. That's a huge problem. And right now, he should stop looking to emulate what's working in rap right now and just be his own artist. Our final release comes from R&B artist Givian. You may remember Givian from Drake's Dark Lane demo tapes, which were released earlier, I think, in August. He did the chorus on Chicago Freestyle, and he just released a four-song EP at the beginning of this month. The EP is his second release of the year, following Take Time from earlier this year, which featured two incredible songs in Heartbreak Anniversary and Like I Want You. For this release, he abandoned the all-caps titling, but he kept his regular subject matter of relationships and broken hearts. Still Your Best is my personal favorite track. It centers around seeing your ex's new man and the ego games that come into play when that happens. Last Time, of course, is a song that I love. You can guess why. It's because it features Snow Allegra. They've got great chemistry on the song. Their voices work well together. And all together, it's solid. But the real standout for the EP is the final song, Stuck On You. This is one of few examples of a male R&B artist writing a song about willingly remaining in a toxic relationship, talking about being embarrassed of being in it, but not being able to walk away. There's a line in the song where he's saying... I can't say that I still love you because my friends will judge me. It's not that the feelings aren't there, but you don't want to say them to people because your friends are over it by now. And I've said it before about a song, but that's real. It's vulnerable. And I really love seeing that from male artists. Giveon's had a good handful of really, really good songs so far this year. He's really burst onto the scene in R&B, and I'm very, very excited to see where he goes from there. Now, I have somehow talked about this EP uh, and not told you the title of it. It is When It's All Said and Done. It's a great EP, and you should absolutely give it a listen. Only four songs, only 10 minutes. It is well worth your time, and I think you'll love it. Now to address the elephant in the room, the donkey of the day, the clown prince of rap, whatever you want to call him, I'll call him a case study in fumbling the bag. Tory Lanez released a 17-song album titled Daystar earlier this month. Yes, I listened to it. Go ahead and judge me. Let's say I did it so you don't have to, though. Quick backstory. Um, Tory Lanez and Megan Thee Stallion were seen on Instagram Live at Kylie Jenner's house. Uh, Later that night or early the next morning, there were reports that There were gunshots fired and they were detained. Then there was video of Meg uh, walking towards the police backwards, bloody footprints. And the story was she had stepped in glass. Week or two later, I guess the story came out that Tori had shot her. Tori's since been charged with shooting her. Um, And Tori has been quiet besides this release. So... Of course, I'm curious. I'm wondering what he has to say here. I'm wondering what his defense is. I'm wondering what this music is going to sound like. What is this album? Is he avoiding the situation? Is he owning up to what he's done? No and no. 
It's neither of those things. This album is 17 songs of Tori rapping his ass off and putting some of the greatest gaslighting I've ever heard on wax. It'd be kind of impressive if it wasn't an incredibly shitty thing to do. He's on the album talking about how much he loves her, how much he wants her back, how much they vibed, how much they bonded over certain things, but he never says four words that are the only words that I wanted to hear. Those four words being, I didn't shoot you. That's the only question I had coming in. That's the only question any of us have here. Did you shoot her or not? And if you shot her, no one cares. You can diss all the people you want to. You can have a really funny bar for Chance the Rapper. You can have introspective bars about whatever other mistakes you've made. You can make as many valid points as you want to about her not seeing who shot her. But if you don't say the magic words, no one gives a shit. Let's be clear. I enjoyed some of the songs on this album. The same way that people are going to enjoy the Ignition remix if you play it for them. But the case in point here is I have to go on a private session on Spotify to listen to this album. And I never do that. It's besides the point whether Daystar is good or not. And it is. But what's real here is Tory Lanez is yet another example of how you can be on top of the world and just one mistake away from losing it all. Six months ago, Tory was on top of the world, the only person having a good 2020. He had quarantine radio going. He was newly independent. At the end of this year, though, he may be in a jail cell. And Megan's going to have to deal with what he did to her for the rest of her life. That's all I've got for you guys this week. As always, I am your host, Jalen Harrington. This has been episode five of the Put Me On podcast. Everybody out there, stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, and I'll talk to you all next week. Thank <laughs> you.